Teal football show. My name is Miles. Thanksgiving 2023 ends with the 49ers beating the Seahawks in my hometown of Seattle 31 to 13. I can just at least say I'm glad it didn't turn into a 50 to 3 massacre, you know. <laughs> Like, you know, we had a moment, you know, late in the third quarter of the game. It could have been 24-17, you know, at one point. It came 24-13. Like, there's a moment that's at least, least competitive, you know, just trying trying to grab on something. <sighs> it was not like 2014 Thanksgiving. The Seahawks and the 49ers played that year in the night game. That was fun. The whole family was there, mom, grandma, just thinking back to that. We needed that win. We got to eight and four. It was just so fun. Richard Sherman, two interceptions. Kaepernick saying, like, I don't, you know, I forget what he said. I'll try him again if I have to. Like, I don't I don't think about Richard Sherman at all or whatever he said. Like, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Just beating John Harbaugh, Russell Wilson with the big plays. That was fun. Little baby Jack running around a big giraffe that day. Now, nine years later, <laughs> our little cousin Jack, he's about 10 years old, got me and Kirk sorting, uh, <laughs> sorting like buckets of baseball, basketball, and football cards that were probably ours back in the 90s. Um, and he wanted us to like pick out the good players, and we did. We found, uh, you know, like there was a Griffey, Edgar Martinez, or a Royals, Bo Jackson, all the 90s, you know, football stars, Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, a very bewildered and frightened Steve Berline. <laughs> on for some reason on some of his cards, he looks terrified. Uh we found yeah, we found a junior Seau, Fred Taylor, and a Drew Bledsoe rookie card. So, you know, we found some good stuff there. Um, that's what we were doing during the first half, <laughs> just kind of, you know, sorting buckets and just watching, honestly, the, the 49ers, they should have been winning by more, uh, than, uh, what, what was it? 24 to three. They should have been winning more than that. Uh, my brother was right when we watched D Eskridge return that kickoff after the 49ers first touchdown and. The fact that Eskridge didn't score that kickoff return touchdown, Kirk said, that was our chance. <laughs> oh, you know, and I, you know, we got the pick six, got a 24-10. We made a stop in the third quarter, got that one-handed pass. Uh, Gino throws it to Jackson Smith and Jigba, makes a wonderful catch. And then we scrape to a field goal, 24-13. Actually, that should have been 24-17 because the... The 49er player just held on to Jackson Smith and Jigba's arm. A blatant holding call in the end zone missed. But, uh, you know, later there was a, a use check a third down where one of, one of our guys, one of the Seahawks, got there way too early. Should have been P.I. In, in favor of the 49ers. So, you know, it's fine. They, they won the game fair and square. It wasn't the Seahawks defense's fault, that's for sure. How do you stop 
how did you stop this? Debo, McCaffrey. And just as they were talking about, boy, it's been a while since we talked about Ayuk, who's become his own superstar in his own right, right next to those extremely versatile and complimentary pieces of McCaffrey and Debo is a legit wide receiver one, Ayuk, coming into his own this season. That's the moment that uh, you know, they were talking about him, and then he hit that great post route, that touchdown that put it out of reach. Game was over, 49ers on a high. Purdy on a high, getting MVP buzz again. <laughs> MVP buzz that was real in September, was ridiculous in October, and is now real again. I would be disappointed if, if Purdy run MVP. I mean... Every MVP has, has a great supporting cast, and I do think Purdy, you know, he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's a negative on the team. I've been a Jimmy Garoppolo certified hater this whole time. Everyone's caught up to me. The, during the whole playoff run, I was screaming, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. Purdy is not like that. He makes impressive throws. He, he, he's beyond the floor of a Shanahan quarterback. I think they have a Super Bowl or bust. That's for true. But MVP would be too much. You have Debo and McCaffrey. It's a cheat code. It's not even the same as having like two superstars on your team. It's not the same as having Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. Debo is a receiver who could run at an elite level. McCaffrey is a running back who can receive at an elite level. It's an absolute cheat code, especially when you have Ayuk and Kittle. It's amazing. And then for 49ers, just keep getting pumped up here. The defense was sublime the defensive line dominated and it wasn't even like oh it's nick bosa and chase young time you know it's eric armstead time. It's fred warner time and he was a linebacker but Greenlaw, you know it wasn't even one guy it was just like the pocket just collapsed every time on geno smith who who fought through his injuries the offense actually didn't score a touchdown our touchdown was a was a defensive touchdown so yeah for San Francisco, this is the opposite of that 2014 Thanksgiving when we were just feeling great. God, that was a fun night. And tonight was fun too, you know, with, with family again. You know, it's about, <laughs> it's about uh, you know, food and, and family. You know, the football also starts with an F, but, you know, you can't, have, you can't always have all three Fs. And actually, you know, we did have football. We had football. We lost, but you, you know, you play the game. We watched a lot of good stuff. So Seahawks fall, 49ers looking great. Chance at the one seed. Remember, they have that game with the Eagles on the schedule. And if they stay healthy, anything can happen. Buckle Teal Football Show. This show is football everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of the season. We got show Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Earlier in the day, the Packers beat the Lions 29-22. Kirk called that one. He called that as his upset as we were doing the preview on Monday, trying to say, okay, all three games are are favored by more than a touchdown. One of them's going to be an upset for sure. And we were debating about which one that was. Kirk said Packers-Lions. I chickened out and said none of them and ended up saying the Jets beat the Dolphins tomorrow. So 
We'll uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, but the Packers handled this game. You know, at first it would look like it was going to be super high scoring. We had it was like what twenty to six in the first quarter. Uh, we had you know we had touchdown drive, touchdown drive, touchdown drive, then pick six. Uh, or not it wasn't even a pick six. It was a Jared Goff like fumble throw. I mean. <laughs> even know what it was jared goff just lost the ball as he threw it and just kind of bouncing around the middle of the defense and they returned it for a touchdown i was thinking ooh, maybe we're on pace for sort of a you know a 1986 packers lions when they played the the 44 to 40 game just which is one of the one of the best thanksgiving games of all time when i did my top five thanksgiving games that that i did end up ranking that one number one but Goff, Jared Goff, missing a lot of throws, especially early on after the first drive. Um, he, he, Goff stat line today makes no sense. Like 330 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Like some snot-nosed kid, you know, in 15 years looking at uh, pro football reference is going to say Goff had a good game today. He did not. First of all, he fumbled a bunch. Scroll over to the fumble category, kid from the future. Um, but he also just, he missed so much. Oh, um, the Lions, they they have such a great scheme, and I'm just, I'm really worried about Jared Goff. Um, out of halftime, they scored that touchdown. That was pretty fun. You know, the Lions, they, they, they put up that little fight there. I thought, I thought we were going to get a classic still. I thought, okay, so we have halftime. Jack Harlow is is mumble rapping or whatever that is called, calm rapping. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Kathleen's watching it and she's like, "Am I, am I not getting this?" <laughs> this reminds me of the meme. Am I so out of touch? No, it is the children who are wrong. <laughs> um, but the Lions like they came out down, you know, two touchdowns and they drove for a touchdown and the two point conversion. And that kneecap mentality from Dan Campbell. You know, there was, uh, they were at like the 20 yard line. David Montgomery ran a 20 yard touchdown in that got called for, a, honestly, a BS holding call because the defensive guy is the one who grabbed the receiver, not the other way around. Instead of whining about it, instead of being like, oh, we already had the touchdown, Dan Campbell's guys just get in there. They run it twice more with Montgomery, get the touchdown again, get the two point conversion. That's impressive. That is. That's the heart of the Lions. But then they just start, eventually they can't keep making up for Goff missing throws. Man, you're missing throws. You're fumbling the ball because you have little tiny hands. Jared Goff is the Achilles heel of this team and it is going to be bad. And I know it's weird because the stats were good today, but I couldn't be less impressed. And remember, we have whole years, 2016, 2019, 2020, 2021, where it would have been insane to tell somebody Jared Goff is good. You would have said Jared Goff sucks and everyone would have been like, yeah, duh, why are you even saying that? We have four separate years where we could just casually say that. It's not crazy to say Jared Goff sucks just because he's having a good year this year. The fake punt didn't help. Actually, the fourth downs itself was kind of the kind of the difference for the Lions. And you know, I th pretty much all the fourth downs were good good uh, attempts except for the fake punt, which Dan Campbell later said he regrets. 
The fake punt down nine and so close to his own end zone. You know, that one, that I don't think analytics even say to do that one. <laughs> um, but you win more than you lose with the, with the aggressive philosophy. Just thinking back to last year, Lions versus Bills. The Lions had no business being in that game with the Bills. They almost won it. If not for magical digs to Allen stuff, that had nothing to do with the fourth downs. It's just a tough beat for the Lions. Jared Goff is the Achilles heel of this team. And it was funny because the Bears took a little bit of a, a, a side swipe as well. Well, they're trying to prepare their turkey this morning, Chicago fans, because the Lions had this small chance at the end there. The same basic exact situation they had against the Bears uh, on Sunday. They got the ball back with three minutes to go, down two touchdowns, and they somehow came back against the Bears. And then now, here we are five days later, and they can't do it to the hated Packers. Chicago fans just got to be like, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, but the Packers, hey, big, big day for the Green Bay Packers. They honestly might be have set themselves up for the playoffs. Because Jared, uh, Jared <laughs> Jordan Love he's put together three or four good-looking games. And this was the best one. And it was on prime time. He was sharp. He was crisp. You know, what was it? Two, 268, 268 yards, three touchdowns. The best start of his career. Matt LaFleur is cooking. And I had talked about who's going to come up and steal a wild card spot from Seattle and Minnesota who looked shaky. Because it didn't seem like anybody out of the Packers, Commanders, Rams, whoever doesn't win the NFC South, that they had any, any juice. If the Packers can get healthy, especially on defense, it's done. They're going to grab one of those NFC wildcard spots from the shaky Seattle Seahawks or Minnesota Vikings. So if there's anything to take away from today, it's that the Packers actually have real playoff hopes this year, even, even though they're going up to five and six, it's possible. The final game of Thanksgiving, well, the middle game, final game for this podcast, middle game for us, living it in real time. Dallas Cowboys blew out the Washington Commanders 45 to 10. I have this weird relationship with Thanksgiving, which I'm always cooking the clam chowder. Got, of course, we got turkey and all this stuff going on. It's nice to have one blowout, you know, <laughs> try and kind of, you know, Keep things moving. You gotta, you gotta take. You, we gotta, gotta pack up the family. Gotta pack up. We got a four month old. We gotta get him over, over to the other house. You know, it's nice to have a blowout. Um, and and today was I love the Madden thing. All the Madden patches on on all the players. I talked about this last Thanksgiving, but I am I am of that generation. I grew up '90s football with John Madden talking to us on Thanksgiving. Romo had the. The Mama Stadium and the Daddy Stadium with the Texas Rangers and Dallas Cowboys Stadium. I gotta say, props to Fox, uh, who had the early game. Are they switching off now? Like Fox and CBS alternating? I, I don't know. Look that up. Um, Fox was using more clips of Madden than just the same ones. I was, there was such a pet peeve of me, you know, the mama and daddy, baby buck. I know I just praised Romo for that, but that, and there's nowhere else you'd rather be in the turduck and stuff like we, we have 30 years of three hour chunks of audio with John Madden. 
Let's use some of it. And Fox was using some of, you know, some of the Packers specific audio and Lions specific audio there. I really like that um, from Madden. And, the, and they had uh, his wife, Virginia, out there uh, and his sons, uh, you know, doing doing intros and stuff. Just means a lot to me to have, have John Madden. This game, this day means something about John Madden, you know, because it reminds me of my mom, my grandma. We all loved Madden. He was like one of the family. And so therefore, you know, I, you know, I think cheers to, to my family. You know, I got a vodka Coke right now as my, as my mom would have certainly at this time. So, um, yeah, the game Cowboys controlled it. Sam Howell. I think there was a point where it's like just about halftime, two minutes left. Commanders scored 14, 10 and Romo and Nance are going through their, you know, their Sam Howell prepackaged sets. Um, you know, glowing them up a little bit. And that's when Dak Prescott does the five play 75 yard drive. There's a deflection in there. <laughs> that's amazing. But 20 to 10, the pressure mounts. The third quarter, I think, was scoreless. And then the dam breaks. Dallas just poured through DC. And it's not Cowboys and Indians anymore. So it's not quite the, the same thing. Now it's Cowboys and Commanders. Um, but it's still nostalgic to see those colors together. And this one went to the Cowboys. 25 fourth quarter points. Dak, two, two more touchdowns. Peppered Lamb, as Kirk called out. Nine targets. Only five catches. But did have that, uh, that first touchdown in the fourth quarter that really put the game apart. And then Dak throws one to Turpin. And then that was 38-10. Then the party really got started. When Dallas, uh, <laughs> Sam Howell dropped back. And Deron Bland interception and as he's running it back and he had to fight for this touchdown he had to break through Howell and a few other commanders there gets his fifth pick six his fifth interception touchdown of the season makes it 45 to 10 sets the record that is the NFL record five interception touchdowns he's got Daniel Jones Mac Jones Matthew Stafford Bryce Young now Sam Howell he's mad they're all gonna sign the balls for Deron Bland say ha 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 you got us I don't know. <laughs> there is still a record to be had, though. He is tied for five defensive touchdowns with 1971 Houston Oiler Ken Houston. <laughs> Can't make that up. He has, he has four pick sixes and a fumble touchdown. So we still have that mark to beat. We got six weeks to go, Deron Bland. Do it. But he already got the pick six. I mean, that had to be so fun for Cowboys fans. You're already up 38-10, and then your guy, in 12 weeks, gets the pick six record. That's amazing. Though I am a little worried, Cowboys fans, you don't want to be, you don't want to be in your same position you've been in the last couple years, which is a November championship. I've been saying this, you know, all year long, but. We go to shots of an, you know, a jubilant Jerry Jones during Thanksgiving or, or, you know, last year was Sunday night football versus the Colts when they, when they scored like another big fourth quarter, 33 fourth quarter points, I believe in, in that Sunday night football last year, week 13, but what did it do in the playoffs? <laughs> this November championship thing, they're just, they're not great front runners. None of this matters. None of this matters. And I could not believe, like Kathleen was happier with the Dallas halftime show. 
because it was Dolly Parton. I didn't really care about it that much, but what I absolutely could not believe is the choice of We Are the Champions as one of the songs. Like I'm a little superstitiously confirmed. A team that has collapsed in the playoffs over and over and over after having these huge, wonderful moments, 2022, 2021, 2014, 2016, 2007, 2009, all those years, the Cowboys were rock, rock hot, just super, super heated. Going 13 and three, 14 and two, just Super Bowl favorites in November and then collapsing in the playoffs. We're just here again? This means nothing. Cowboys, you gotta do it in the playoffs. I'm not gonna get excited about you in November until you do it again. All right, we'll be back Sunday. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll see you on Sunday.